Goudreau right here on percolatedmedia.net. This is Goudreau here, and before I introduce and drop the proverbial mic, because there's a second person on this airway for the first time since I launched this show, why am I doing a show over the bye week? Well, I don't believe in taking a week off, and I say that as a father of two. Step number one. And step number two, I kind of wanted to give myself a break from talking as little about the Jets as possible. And that led me to doing something that is not uncommon for me to do. I had to call in my beloved co-host of coming up basically 10 years come January that we started working together professionally. Uh, co-founder of the site, Mr. Garrett Collins, thank you for joining me on the dark side of the of the New York sports fandom. I have not been on this show yet. It's unbelievable. How's it going, Matt? It, me and you have recorded many, many shows together, mostly talking and arguing about movies. And if anybody has uh, downloaded this last three-minute retrospective podcast that launched last week, by the time you guys listen to this, um, I told these guys earlier, it's like, wow, I've never been so uncomfortable while <laughs> editing a podcast. Uh, so that there's definitely a lot of contentiousness going on there. But here we are. As you said, both of uh, you know my lovers away, and what do we do? We talk about football, and this is I'm pretty excited for this. Yeah, and as I said off air before we started, we're doing what most people, especially straight men, do when their wives and or girlfriends are out of town. <laughs> we discuss football and watch football because Garrett's girlfriend Jen, she's out for what is it a week? She'll be out for six days. Yeah, starting today, she's out uh, seeing her daughter who's on leave from the Air Force, so she'll be. <clears throat> So I, I again I have that place to myself, and instead of being surrounded by glitter, um, I'm talking to Matt about sport ball. <laughs> yes, he's talking to the gay man on the side about football. <laughs> it's always the joke because people, you know, I've been out for such a long time, and my my football discourse has happened well before I ever came out of the closet. So it really. It was good camouflage for a long time when I was uncomfortable with, you know, who I was, but not not to belabor that point too much because I sort of offered some insight into myself on the Halloween show that I did, just talking about some horror movies. Uh, thank you to everyone to listen to that. Uh, don't expect that to be any sort of a regular thing. We were just looking for content to do for Halloween because, as I mentioned, you know, Garrett knows this better than anybody, our schedule's... The three of us, it's difficult to align because at least two of the three of us are in different time zones from one another. I, of course, have my, uh, you know, the young boys. Adam's got a family. You've got a crazy girlfriend um, that, I, that I love very dearly because she texts me all the time. It's almost like she talks to me as much as she talks to you. <laughs> That's a joke between us, too. <laughs> uh, so we're here to do sort of a discussion about the NFL now that we're officially halfway through, because now it's one of the many changes they've made, and believe me, we'll talk about changes throughout the course of this conversation. The NFL is now 18 weeks instead of 17 weeks. We just started week 10 because we're recording this on Thursday night football, because I don't know what's more painful, recording with Garrett or having to watch a game involving the Panthers and the Falcons on Thursday night football. I flipped the coin and said, all right, I will elect to receive... Recording with Garrett, so he's watching the game, and I say watching in quotes because I would have to be strapped down in a Clockwork Orange style of chair to watch Thursday Night Football. So 
we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, and I'm going to do my best to not talk about the Jets because <laughs> there's so much other uh, discourse to have. But since my football team is out in the open, outside of the people who know you pretty well, Garrett, there's not a lot of listeners who know what team you root for. So at this juncture, I will concede the floor and let you talk about your team, how you started rooting for them, and what are your thoughts at this point in the season for your specific team? As if I don't know, but for everyone else. Well, <laughs> give a little bit of backstory here. It's kind of funny. Another joke between me and Matt is I think me and Matt's husband will probably get along more than Matt and his husband do because we both root for the same team. I grew up um, uh, back uh, – this was about seven years before you were born, Matt. Uh, we we – um, we, uh, I grew up loving, uh, loving Lawrence Taylor, the linebacker for the New York Giants. And uh, the year I started watching sports, the Mets won the World Series and the Giants won the Super Bowl. And so I conceded right back then, yeah, those are going to be my two teams. Those are the teams I'm going to be rooting for. And so it has been leading up, and and it's uh, you know growing up in the Bay Area. And the Giants would play the 49ers almost every year, it seemed like, around playoff time. And every year, there was, like, fights between me and my friends because, you know, I was I was the Giants guy and everybody else, you know, were 49ers people. And so it's been weird being on the West Coast and rooting for East Coast teams. And, um, you know, a lot of rocky roads. Uh, the Eli Manning years were – they had some good times. They had a lot of bad times. And uh, – and now we're in a year where I don't know how the fuck these guys are. What is it, six and two at this point? It's, yeah, because you guys are just coming off your bye week. Coming off the bye week, and you know, I, I have no idea. I think it's the coaching, but uh, just to, we'll get to that. But right now, I just say that yeah, I've grew up loving, loving the New York Giants, and I'm not as you know, I'm not as hardcore as Goudreau over here, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to start my own show anytime soon. I'm not as passionate about the team as I probably should be. But, um, you know, Jen knows that you know, on days when they play, she, she worries about my <clears throat> already um, already wounded heart because <laughs> I, I, start, I really do get into the games when they are on. So the funniest thing about that soliloquy you just had, and, of course, I, I've known pretty much as long as I've known you, that – since the since you were young enough to you know have that school circle of friends, you having a dissenting opinion does not shock me. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been that way. <laughs> yeah. So if you're wondering how long it's been that Garrett has been willing to play the villain, it's basically been his whole life. <laughs> so. And let's not forget. Uh, that, to, let's not forget too. I grew up in a house with a woman who was from Chicago and was a hardcore Chicago Bears fan, as, as Matt knows. He is newly Facebook friends with my mother, and she is big time into her team as well. So it was from the be- from the beginning, the fact that you know she's a Cubs fan and I rooted for the Mets, and she's a Bears fan and I rooted for the Giants. There was already dissension within the house. <laughs> it's it's funny how that happens. To where now is your mom from the Chicago area? Yeah. Oh yeah, she's born and raised. Okay, that that definitely makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. than as far as. You know why? Because the NFL, I think one of the things that's happened is that fans are much more willing to, you know, travel and support. A lot of that's because there's nowhere near the amount of games as there are in, let's say, a baseball season or a basketball season. So you really got to 
you got to stay for the whole season, no matter how painful it is. And Lord knows, as a Jet fan, I can talk to you about pain, mm. basically until you fall asleep. But I, like you, you know, we're both fans of the New York, the real New York football team. Sorry, Bills, go win a championship. And then you can <laughs> I, I'm just saying, they, they always throw a hissy fit about how we're the real New York team. But uh, last I checked, the ones that you repeatedly piss on beat your ass last week. Uh, hashtag sorry, not sorry. But I talked enough about that last week, and so much for my prior statement about talking about the Jets as little as possible. But looking at the Giants, you know, sort of, and I guess we can throw in the Jets too, the last, basically since that second Eli Super Bowl, it's been, for the most part, nothing but misery for you and I. Yeah, it has been. Mm. Whether it was, you know, we've both gone through, our teams have gone through coaching changes, quarterbacks. I mean, look, quarterbacks and the Jets just don't go hand in hand if you look at our history. But you at least have had a playoff run under Ben McAdoo, but there was the whole boat game with Odell, and it kind of it went down from there. Yeah, and, and, and him benching Eli Manning for Geno Smith was just the – it was some of the weirdest coaching I have ever seen. <laughs> and it's just it, – it, it's mind-boggling to me that that guy had that job. Um, you know, obviously they, they went to the playoffs one year under him, but, God, that team just and, – and the really ironic thing is Geno Smith is now, like, one of the big success stories in, in Seattle. So uh, football is a weird sport, man. Weird sport. It's always been weird. And the funny thing is that whenever people do their predictions from season to season, this year has really proven, at least to me, and this has happened for several years, but it re- the NFL really is a year-to-year league now. Mm. When you look at how difficult it is for people to repeat as conference champions, we haven't had a repeated Super Bowl winner in about 20 years. It's becoming harder and harder because there is so much parity and so much good quarterback play for the most part. And, of course, the offense side of the ball has become much more prevalent in the NFL. But big picture, looking outside of our teams, what has stood out to you the most as we've gone halfway through this season? Oh, what has really stood out to me is the fact that it seems to me that football this year, and I don't know if it's just me watching these games and watching with the pessimistic guy that I do, but it seem, is it just me or does it seem more sloppy than it's been in years past? Um, we're, we're seeing a lot of sloppy play right now, and I, I think you are realizing who showed up to training camp and who didn't. And I, I watched these primetime games, and you mentioned, you know, this Thursday night game, 3 nothing. last I checked, and we were like, and it was like halfway into the second quarter. Like, there's nothing really that stands out to me except for the fact that Adams team, the Eagles, are really good. Um, and the ones who were picked to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC lost to the Jets last week, and we're, they don't even know if Josh Allen's even going to play this week. It, I, I'm... I'm and so those are the two teams who I think are looking really, really good. Um, you know, Jets notwithstanding, they've obviously had a Cinderella-type season. But I think the the thing that stood out to me, dude, is just the sloppy play. And I'm watching this Thursday Night Football game thinking, is Al Michaels, like, 
just regretting signing that fucking contract with Amazon Prime as he's watching these games with Kurt Hesfeld or whatever the hell his name is, and they don't have any chemistry. And it, it, it's like the story of the season. Nobody has any chemistry out there right now, and we're seeing who cares and who doesn't. So you touched on a lot there, starting with your assessment that sloppiness is key. I think to a certain point you're right, because if you look at the – the fact is, scoring offensive scoring is down considerably mm-hmm. from the pattern it's been on the last, I'd say, five to six years. So I think that is a sort of a contribution to the overall state of the league because people want to watch offense. You know, the days of games being like 13-10 considered exciting, those are few and far between. You know, people want to watch, and part of this is just with how fucking big fantasy football has gotten. Yeah. It's all about points. You know, so many leagues, they don't even pick defense and kickers anymore. You know, it's all who scores the more points in on the offensive side of the ball. So I think that mentality is leading to sloppy play. But also, to kind of piggyback on something you said, also that the teams we expected to be good, and this goes to the whole, you know, any given year, basically, or any given Sunday. For the record, we'll do an Oliver Stone retrospective some point down the line, speaking <laughs> of that movie. Uh, I'll probably be close to death by the time we do it. But the it seems like there's a real shift this year with the old guard at quarterback. You know, the Bradys, the Rodgers, the Staffords, the Russell Wilsons, that uh, the Matt Ryans. You know, it seems like that group of guys are all either regretting not retiring or getting to the point where it's kind of sad, the state that they're all in. Yeah, especially if you if you watch Rodgers, I mean, you talk about a guy who just doesn't give a fuck right now. And he signed a massive contract in the offseason. And one thing you can say about Brady, and we'll touch on him too, but the reason why him and the Patriots won all those years a big reason why is because Brady never really took the massive contract. He took smaller contracts knowing that that would um, bring other talent in, and that's why their teams were so good for so long. Um, you see Aaron Rodgers sign this massive deal to stay with the Packers. Devontae Adams leaves, and we'll definitely talk about the team he went to <laughs> pretty soon. But Devontae Adams leaves, and now, like, he he just looks like a shell of his former self because he has no one to throw to and he has no one to blame but himself. I I I just I, I look at these guys and Tom Brady he pulled out a miracle win at you know with the Rams which you know good for him or whatever but he hasn't looked like himself this year. I, I just think we're seeing the young guard take over you know Josh Allen's and the Patrick Mahomes. Um, and then Russell Wilson signing this huge contract also just does not look like anything what he did in his prime years in Seattle. It's it's, it's a really weird state. Weird, but not surprising. No. For Brady and Rodgers, and I'll tell you why. Start with the Packers. You said it. You lose your best receiver, and we're starting to realize, you know, Maybe Devontae was more responsible for that collaboration than Rodgers was. But also, I don't think Matt LaFleur is that great of a coach. If you look at his yeah. his record is great, but look, you played the Lions, the Bears, and the Vikings, who 
have gotten better, but you got layup wins against the Bears and the, the Lions uh, up until recently mm. uh, if you're the Packers. So that kind of inflates your numbers a bit, but not a great clock manager. Schematically doesn't do all that great of a job, doesn't have a real strength. And you have two great running backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to kind of alleviate the pressure off Aaron Rodgers. And those guys can barely get the ball. Yeah. As far as Tom Brady goes, two words, Todd Bowles. <laughs> I told everybody. <laughs> this did. is not me. I remember. This is not my jet bias. I lived through that shit for four years. The man went 10 and 6 in his first year, and I said, this guy's going to do something to fuck us over. (laughs) All it took took was him going to Buffalo and losing to Rex Ryan in a win-in-your-end game for me to say, this guy is not a good NFL head coach. And I was proven right for the next three years. Mm. And lo and behold, he goes to Tampa Bay, this supposedly loaded team, and this vaunted defense, not really seeing much of it. I mean, look, and the guy's got no emotion to speak of. No. Whatsoever his press conferences, it's you know offense didn't play well, you know defense didn't play too well, uh, you know Tom's gonna get the ball out quicker. <laughs> he he, he kind of sounds like Mike Tyson, although not that far off the nowhere and, near that. Just crazy, to kind of feedback off that too, to talk about Tom Brady a bit. Yeah, the guy's going through off-field issues, but I think every player goes through off-field issues. You know, his are just more in the spotlight. Um, but like he just doesn't look like he has any emotion when he steps on that field, like zero. He, he just his heart's not in that freaking game, and but the fact that Arians left and retired as soon as Brady said, "Oh, never mind, I'm not retiring, I'm coming back," and his wife left him. Like everybody's leaving Brady, and now he's just like again, just looking more like the shell of uh, his former self than he did the last year, and he wasn't too great last year. No, and I think Arians was a that authoritarian style. Uh huh. Yeah, I think, I think Brady needed that because I think the team responded to that. When you have someone in Bulls who's the complete antithesis, very laid back, doesn't really get in people's faces like Bruce Arians does, mm-hmm. I, I think that galvanizes a team and sort of, I don't want to say kept Brady in check because he runs the offense, basically. Um, but but I think there, that is one of the big factors why the Bucks. I mean, speaking of Thursday Night Football, they play in a dumpster fire of a division. Everyone's under 500. Yeah. So by default, someone's gonna home, gonna get a home playoff game because of the the structure. But look, anybody can win that division. That's the sad thing. Yeah. And then you go. To- yeah, there's always a division like that, isn't it? A few years ago, it was the NFC East where the uh, Redskins won with like a seven and nine record. Or something like that, you know. Like every year, there's that one division where it's like, God damn! Like somebody has to win this, and it's a fucking shame. I think I heard the police <laughs> siren. Remember, they're not the Redskins anymore. Oh, sorry, the, I meant the, the PC police are coming. Sorry, <laughs> it's hard to break that. Yeah, moment. I know. Uh, you couldn't pick anything better than Commanders. <laughs> they should have stuck. I, I'm dead serious. They should have stuck with Washington Football Team. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's better than Commanders. I'll tell you that. It was like that, and, you know, Cleveland, the Indians are now the Guardians. It's just, I know old habits mm. die hard, and there's some, you know, it's the world we live in. But that's, I guess, neither here or there. But mm-hmm. I think that's enough discourse on Tom Brady because I've had, a, I've had enough. I just want him to go away. It's sort of yeah. the, it's the Ric Flair thing. Where I'm like, you had the perfect send-off of winning a Super Bowl away from Belichick, and you didn't take that opportunity. 
So, so honestly, you don't have my sympathy. Sorry. Um, and neither does Aaron Rodgers. T- to me, he comes off as very aloof and condescending, finger pointer. He's definitely yeah, he's not someone I would want to play with. And it's so funny how he has turned into Brett Favre. Yeah, yeah. Me and my mom had that discussion when I went out and saw her a couple of weeks ago, where Rodgers has turned into the guy that he played under for two, three years before he got that starting job. It's it, and and he's not going away either. Like. Is he going to get caught, you know, uh, <laughs> in a welfare scheme? <laughs> yeah, in a welfare scheme later on. It's it's really bizarre that he has turned into Brett Favre. Well, if the, I don't know what it is about I don't know what it is about that team, man. It just turns these quarterbacks into just weirdos. Well, if that cycle continues, you know what's happening next. He's going to the Jets. <laughs> and then he'll he'll put himself before the team, cost him a playoff spot, get a coach fired, and then he'll wind up in Minnesota. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. I mean, we never thought Tom mm-hmm. Brady was going to leave New England. Mm-hmm. We never, yeah. It's it's a different era. You know, the days of, and this goes all the way back to look. If Joe Montana can leave San Francisco and go to a place like Kansas City that hadn't won since Super Bowl four, then as far as I'm concerned, the days of lifers and you know sticking out with one team, those days are completely over. Absolutely. Yeah, you very rarely see it now. I'm pr- like, Ben Roethlisberger is going to be one of the only ones from his group to play with one team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Drew Brees kind of did, but let's not forget he started as a charger. Yes, and he traded. Yeah. I'm sure. You know, the, the Chargers are the, the West Coast Detroit Lions in that whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah, and that kid they have there now is super. Like he's a super quarterback. Don't tell that to but TM. You <laughs> listen to the Binge Sportscast. He is. I'm not going to call him a Justin Herbert hater, but he is one to say, "All right, can we stop with the ass kissing? Wake me up when he wins a, <laughs> wake me up when he wins a playoff game." Yeah, and I agree with that. And and you're right. The Chargers are the super underachieve. Well. Another team in that division has the super underachiever wrapped. We'll talk about that in a bit. But, um, yeah, it, it, they, they really are underachievers. They, they load up their team every year, and every year they just seem to just not go anywhere. Well, it doesn't help that their coach is Mr. Analytics. And I talked, yeah, I talked about this on one of my early shows that analytics have done, I think, more harm to the NFL than – than referees have, that officiating has, because it's not baseball (laughs) where you can, there is a formula that you can utilize for building your team or even game day decisions. You know, it's it's a lot different in baseball because you kind of have to play within the structure much more. You know, there's only a set amount of things you can do. And it's not like you you could, on on a full count, you can't really swing and, like, go forth and X like, you know, the analytics say you do in the NFL. So, um, I, I, I mean, look, Billy Bean has as many world championships as I do. So maybe we're overrating how good analytics are. <laughs> yeah. And you look at another, um, coach, uh, Mike McCarthy from the Kyle Shanahan tree, uh, over there in, in Miami, which man, what a dumpster fire that team. Oh, McDan- McDaniel, is. not McCarthy. Oh, McDaniel. Mr. Uh, he looks like my barista that I see every day. 
he looks he literally looks like like one of the guys who should be doing analytics. You know, he does not look like a head football coach. You know, it's it, it's weird. It's weird. Like you look at Andy Reid, it's like, yeah, that is a fucking football coach right there. Mike McDaniel, not so much. Look, Dolphins are six and three. You can you can shit on them all you want, but when you're winning, it's sort of it's the ultimate antidote. And Lord knows, I think their owner is a piece of shit. And yeah. That's pretty universal. I, I, but they even but they have the, like, the worst PR. They have the worst PR I've seen of any team this year. You know, like they have not handled any bit of scrutiny that well. Um, and the more they win, the better it'll get for them. I agree. But it's just like earlier in this year, I was looking at every single thing that was coming out about that team, starting from the off season. Uh, when Flores was um, accusing them of of uh, throwing games, like telling him to throw games, I'm like, man, what is up with this fucking team? It doesn't surprise me, though. Yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, when you have an owner who is, I mean, look, they're not the biggest dumpster. I think their team with the worst PR right now is the Colts. The, oh, the, God. The Colts? Yeah. And I, I feel so uh, dignified when I say this. They have officially become the Jets. <laughs> because it's all noise, it's putrid offense, questionable coaching hires, and an owner who seems like he has no clue what he's doing. <laughs> With all the money in the world. And well, that's uh, the thing. Like, if, you, if I owned an NFL team, I, there's a part of me that really wouldn't care. Um, but But when the season began, I picked the Colts to be – a heavy hitter, like not necessarily like a contender to win the Super Bowl or anything, but a team that was going to make a lot of noise. Because I think Matt Ryan still had some potential to be a very good quarterback. But you're right, that offense just looks awful. And they they fire their coach and they hire their former center, who, by the way, was a lifer, I think, in Indianapolis. And Ursay has spent this entire week defending that decision. Why make that decision? What coaching experience does the guy have? It's because he is well-liked in Indianapolis and you're trying to save your PR or something. Oh, God, a bizarre fucking decision. If it works, he'll look like a genius. True. If not, it'll just be more in the Jim Ursay canon of questionable decision-making. And it's yeah. one of the, we talk about this in, the, in any sports where there are certain yeah. things that you don't get over. I just don't think they've gotten over the Andrew Luck retirement. Like, that still I agree. hangs over them yeah. like this, this dark cloud. I agree. It, it reminds me, and speaking of, you know, my mom, she's in Chicago. She's also a huge Cubs fan. And they hired David Ross, a guy who was on their fucking World Series team, to be their coach, even though he had no fucking coaching experience whatsoever, except for a little bit in the minors. But it, it kind of reminded me of that decision where you're trying to uh, up the popularity of the team by hiring one of their most popular players. I mean, if not for the certain amount of animosity, you think Jim Irsay would have called Peyton Manning before Jeff Saturday. Yeah, I was thinking that too. And what's funny is that the, when they hired Jeff Saturday, and I do follow Adam Schefter on Twitter, and uh, somebody posted to his Twitter account the clip of Peyton Manning just yelling at Jeff yeah. Saturday for 
like two minutes, like, just hike the fucking ball. You don't call plays. <laughs> and Jeff Saturday just sitting there cringing. I agree, man. Get fucking Peyton Manning on those sidelines. He do, but <laughs> although he's got a pretty cush gig with ESPN. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure he, make, he makes so much money with the Manning cast. Yeah, exactly. That Which, which I got to say has made Monday Night Football somewhat watchable because I – Joe Buck and Troy Aikman just – know how to yeah. push my buttons and make me want yeah. to watch football on mute. Yeah, it, that's true. But although I don't know if you're <laughs> my mom's Facebook friend or not, when she posted that Monday Night Football has become unwatchable, she had no idea that Eggman and Bug were even on. She was just stuck watching the Peyton Man- Manning cast <laughs> where she started bringing in Vince Vaughn, and she's, like, getting upset. And I'm like, uh, Mom, there is another feed. She goes, oh, it's basically SNL on one channel. Yeah. <laughs> but when you have, you know, older, more traditionalists like my mom, who's, you know, 70 at this point, uh, it, you know, it, it's harder for them to find the tradi- the action game. You no, know? It's, not, so, it's there for when you're stoned on the couch and have nothing better. Exactly. <laughs> like that's what our, our significant others who don't watch football watch to tolerate football. Exactly. That's a great. That's a great way of putting it. Absolutely. So speaking of tolerance, we got to talk about officiating. My favorite topic. Oh yeah. Now look, it's never going to be perfect. There, I I don't expect perfection because remember the replacement refs. It can always be worse. That, that, uh-huh. That's what I keep telling myself. And I understand we are doing everything in our in our power to protect the quarterback, but between roughing the passer calls. Between pass interference, between unnecessary roughness, there's a combination of no consistency and questionable calls that could change the course of a game that if I was a head coach, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do. Absolutely. And then you have instances where, you know, you teams will score a touchdown, they'll go ahead, and they'll have like a, you know, a three-minute photo op in the end zone. But somebody takes their helmet off or has their helmet off, and all of a sudden that's the penalty that costs that team the game. It's, it, you're right, the inconsistency. And it, you're right, it will never be perfect. But it's, for some reason it's been even harder to watch this year than I can remember. It's one thing when I have vested interest in the game. If it's a Jets game, I'll, I'll be more critical of the officiating. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot for me to watch another game and say, oh, so-and-so got hosed. Case in point was the there was a roughing the passer call on Tom Brady. Oh, God, yeah. That uh. was the biggest crock of nonsense. I mean, I've been hit harder by Christian than Tom Brady was hit <laughs> uh, on that play. Like, textbook play for a defensive lineman is what they're instructed to do. Don't aim for the head. You know, tuck and roll. You might as well put a goddamn pillow out on the field for these quarterbacks. Ref throws the flag, Bucks win the game because of it. Yeah. It's those kind of decisions that make it hard to provide any credibility to these referees when it seems like such a ticky-tack decision. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's really tough to watch. These roughing the passer calls, you're right, they should protect the quarterback. I get it. You know, if anything, we've had so much concussion protocol talk this year that, you know, it's become even more apparent that you do need to protect that quarterback, but when you have inconsistent calls like that particular one, and there have been a few others this year too, I'm just like, why? Like, where, where, what, what? How are these guys supposed to hit these, these guys? 
like you can see that they're trying. Like they're they're putting their arms up and hitting and like trying to say, look, I'm not really hitting with my helmet. But what are you supposed to do? There's nothing in that rule book. It's like in baseball when they change the rule of how to guard the plate. Nobody knows how to do that now because somebody in San Francisco, <clears throat> Buster Posey, bitched and moaned after he got injured that there needs to be rules in place, and nobody knows how, what the rule is. And I feel like that's the way it is with wrestling in the pasture too, where you have guys who are trying to do the right thing, but they still, without you know, without having a flag there to pull and actually call it flag football, I don't know what they're supposed to do. Might as well just play tag. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we're, we're at that point. Or, you know how Simpsons predicts everything? Well, South Park did an episode called Sarcastaball. Oh, shit. Where they wear, like, paper mache. You know in signs with the, the, the paper mache? <laughs> yeah. Hats. It's basically that. They wear bras. They play with a balloon. That's amazing. It's, it's what South Park does better than anybody <laughs> because it's... <laughs> Bordering on realism, which is always the scary thing, especially with South Park, because they've they've been hitting home for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also did the great one with um, Tom Brady shitting his pants. Oh, brilliant! Because I enjoy I, I enjoy crass stuff. But speaking of crass, that leads me to who I think are the most shockingly disappointing team in the NFL. That is the Denver Broncos. Oh, Chad, see if you're listening. I'm so sorry, but I am convinced that the uh, Russell Wilson opened the Ark of the Covenant and it took all of his talent and left it in Seattle, and he left it on the flight to on the flight to Denver <laughs> because it, he doesn't even look like the same player. No, he doesn't. And Matt, I don't know if you um, are Facebook friends with my brother or follow him on social media. Um, he is not a presence on Facebook at all. He will post something about him and his wife and his dog every once in a while in his, in his stories, but he doesn't do anything on Facebook. Where he is a massive presence is Twitter. And every Denver Broncos game, he will tweet, at, and me and my girlfriend keep track of it, at least like eight or eight to ten times about the Denver Broncos because he's a passionate Denver Broncos fan. And they were once again picked to make a lot of noise in that division, and god damn they paid what two hundred and fifty, two hundred forty million dollars for Russell Wilson, and what did they get? A sore shoulder and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and some pretty inconsistent play. Yeah, they got high knees on an airplane too, and everyone's trying to sleep on the way to London. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. He comes off as such an inauthentic douche. He does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure part of that's because he's got a he's got a hot wife who probably makes more money than he does, which is yeah. saying a lot. Yeah, and he, and he comes from a place yeah. where, you know, it was debated who was more responsible for Seattle. I always lean towards the defense in the run game. But if you would have told me that Pete Carroll and Geno Smith would have twice as many wins as the Broncos under Russell Wilson, <laughs> I would not have honestly believed you. Yeah, they have a good, good chance to, and they beat the Giants a couple of weeks ago, they have a really good chance to uh, take that NFC West. And Gino's on his revenge tour because he plays us later in the year. Oh, geez. Um, but I think we can take him. He'll get lost in the sauce, oh, just like boy. everybody else. Uh, but, yeah, see, Denver to me is the biggest disappointment, as are Jen's Raiders. Oh, boy. These fucking <laughs> Raiders, man. I Let me tell you, I... I, as you know, Matt, I work nights. 
and when I come home, I usually come home between 9.30 and 10 o'clock every morning. And, but I've just worked a, you know, a nine and a half, ten hour day. I am exhausted. But I will try to sit up and watch football with her, at least for the first half of the morning games. And so I will go through the first half of, of these Raider games, and they'll be up 20 nothing, 23 to nothing. And I don't know, I've lost track of how many times I go to sleep thinking, thinking well, they're going to run away with this, and I'll, wake, and I'll wake up and she'll be happy. And I wake up, and her head's down, and she's like, I'm not watching football anymore. I'm like, what happened? She's like, they gave up the lead. I don't know. <laughs> I've lost track of how many times that fucking happens. What is going on with this team? I think it comes down to one thing, man, because they have a lot of talent on that team, but they hired Josh McDaniel, and to me, he will always come off as Bill Belichick's bitch. Like, this guy cannot run an organization, and it is showing, man. That is bad coaching, the fact that these guys are losing leads like this. Um, And you can say stuff about Carr. Carr's not the best quarterback, but he's at least consistent. He's a ring general. Um, But he has the biggest, you know, a huge weapon in Devontae Adams, and that's an organization in shambles right now. So I have that number for you because I knew this topic of conversation would come up. So they've played uh, eight games this year. Uh-huh. Three of their losses came after they had a 17-point lead or better. Jesus Christ. Th- that is a collapse that you will not see if you go to downtown Haiti during an earthquake. <laughs> like It's bad. And they blew one to the Jaguars of all teams. Yeah. It's it's not just the the nature of how you lose; it's who you lose to. Mm-hmm. And I understand every, any given Sunday, but there there are certain things where you're the better team, and you just have to put it together. And you're right on McDaniel's; he is Bill Belichick. He's like the succubus. Uh-huh. Uh huh. To, to quote another great another great South Park episode, <laughs> because when is the NFL going to learn that any branch off the Bill Belichick tree tends to wither and die? Yeah. There is a laundry list of people who left Belichick, went on to be head coaches, and failed spectacularly. You saw it with Joe Judge. I saw it with Eric Mangini. Yeah. Uh, you know, Charlie Weiss, Bill O'Brien. Patricia. Matt Patricia. Oh, God. Yeah. I can't believe those two dipshits are back on his staff. I know. <laughs> and you wonder why Mac Jones is miserable. <laughs> But, but yeah, I, I think there is something to be said for staying in your lane as a coordinator because the reality is not everyone is meant to be a CEO. Some people are just better off as, you know, a regional manager. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. You Those guys know more about football than either of us do. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but, I've, seen but some it's just... play, I've seen some of those playbooks, and it, it, it'll blow your mind just the intricacies of football and I don't just say that because when I look at Andy Reeves, all I see is that meme of it's the Denny's menu. <laughs> but going back to the Raiders, I, I watch this team. It just seems like they play with no heart, and I and I there's and they have so many so many weapons. You know, their their running back is superb. You know, but they they have a pretty decent defense, and I just I watch this and I'm like, this has to just come down to coaching because. I'm looking at this team and I'm like, God damn. I was thinking of like maybe going to – because we have a friend who lives in Vegas and we were thinking of going there. Maybe I was thinking about maybe taking her to a game next year. I'm watching this team. I'm like, do I want to 
It's bad enough when I, you know, when I have to live with somebody who just watched a 20-point lead go down in shambles. Should I go to a live game and watch this and then have to live with that on the way home? Like, it's just, it's really sad to watch. And, you know, growing up, I was not a Raiders fan, obviously. I just, I I really did not like that organization. But since I've been with her, I've kind of gotten to, you know, go into the insight of that organization and a lot of things that's gone on, you know, with um, with John Madden and whatnot and their Super Bowl titles and everything. And and the more I look at it, it's like I, I have a little bit more respect for the organization. But then Mark Mark Davis hires Josh McDaniel, and it just seems like, God damn, they're even worse than when they had their interim coach last year. They should have just stuck with him. Especially because they made the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah, damn near beat the Bengals. It's it's funny that let me let me ask you this, and this might be a question for Jen. Have you asked her would she move off Derek Carr next year if they if they had the ability to trade him? I think so. She she looks like she'll she'll see him on the sidelines, and she's like, "What is he even doing?" Like. You know, say what you will about Brady. He can, you know, he does break a lot of iPads or whatnot. And he looks like a sometimes looks like a crybaby on the sidelines, but at least, you know, sometimes he looks like he has a little bit of fire. Carr just looks on the sidelines like somebody just kicked his puppy or something. You know, well, like maybe it's time to move on and get somebody who has a little bit of fire in him. You know who he looks like, right? Who's that? Sid from Toy Story. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> never made that connection, Goudreau, but I'm not shocked that you did. <laughs> Oh, it all comes now back. I can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah, now, I mean, he wears silver and black. Yeah, that's a good Pretty point. Sure that's the color of shirt that Sid wears in that movie. <laughs> now I'm not going to be able to unsee it. This is nope. fantastic. And I know she's and I know she's going to listen to this, and I know she's going to be like, God damn it, Matt, now I can't unsee it either. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, speaking of stuff you can't unsee, someone put a picture of Zach Wilson in a wig to make him look like a girl. Uh-huh. And it said, like, how many beers would it take for you to... Uh, bang a female NFL quarterback, and they did this for everybody. And oh I clicked it. I didn't even read it. I'm like, I'd fuck him now. <laughs> like, I don't. And Christian goes, Yeah, not everyone thinks like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. God, I, sometimes I love the internet. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Because exactly. uh, if, there, if there's one place you want to stay off, it's Jets Twitter after a loss. It's the, oh, I'm sure. It is it is a nuclear bomb of just bad takes and bur- burning shit down. I but speaking if, of burning shit I wonder down, if they're, I wonder if they're going to have blue check marks on their name by the end of this year. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe Elon Musk will buy the, the Jets from Woody Johnson and re- return us to prosperity, <laughs> at least in that front. But we we shall see. But on the note of burning shit down, if you had to put money. Um, not that I'm putting you on the spot for this. Who, for your money, is the worst team in the league? Oh, boy. Um, God, you know what? If you would have asked me this three weeks ago, I would have said the Bears. But they've shown a little bit of fire lately. God damn. Um, there's so much inconsistent play. Steelers, maybe? I, I I don't see any positive things coming out of that organization. They they had a couple tight wins, but I think that's just due to Tomlin and his pretty good coaching. Um, yeah, I'd probably go with the Steelers. Either the Steelers 
Or, God, those Colts are tough to watch. They're a really inconsistent, bad team. So, I have a different opinion, and this is not just to bust the balls of a former co-worker, because I know they're an easy target. But those goddamn Detroit Lions... They're pretty bad. Between... I have to watch Jared Goff. I mean, their offense for a stretch was the number one offense in the NFL, which is hard to believe. Mm. But their defense has been putrid. And I like watching defense. I'm not someone that loves watching, uh, you know, 45, 42 track yeah, same style here. games. Sometimes I like interceptions and sacks. Yeah, and, same here. Mm-hmm. Well, that second one takes on a variety of new meanings uh, <laughs> in my purview. But the every time I look at Dan Campbell on the sideline, he he looks like the guy you see at a bar talking to himself, and you just want to leave him alone because you're worried if you start a conversation, <laughs> it's going to veer into a place where you can't escape. Yeah, he, they, he look he just he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and being on the West Coast, I, I this is the first year in a while I haven't had the NFL package, and so I don't see as many, you know, outside the realm games as I probably should. Um, so I haven't, I don't think I've seen Detroit once this year because they're obviously not going to be on prime time anytime soon. Um, but just the highlights that I see, there's hardly any highlights of Detroit Lions games. It's just like the, the, the most I've seen is when they beat Rogers this last week, you know, well, they'll have a prime time game because of Thanksgiving, I think. Oh, that's right. They are on prime time. They are on Thanksgiving, but come on. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna still see Brady. We're gonna still see oh god, I guess the goddamn 49ers this week. They've been on primetime. I don't know how many times this year already. Um, I just yeah I I I hear nothing but bad things out of when I see Dan Campbell talk, and when I see just that defense just get destroyed almost every week. And I say that. Watch, they'll beat us. I know. I've opened up the can of worms, but, you know, it's not too early to to talk about, you know, sort of of playoffs. You know, know, the P word. To go back to our teams, do you see the Giants as a viable team to make some noise in the postseason? No. No. Really? No. I think they've gotten this far uh, due to their coaching. I, I don't think they have any scary weapons, aside from maybe Saquon Barkley. Uh, you talk about inconsistent. I think Danny Jones is very inconsistent as a quarterback. He will get you some first downs. He will run for a few of them as well. But he, but again, he doesn't have any weapons to really go with. And I think a lot of it, ha, a lot of their wins has to do with Wink Martindale's um, schemes, and that has to do with the great coaching that the ball has done. I, I think just give him coach of the year already, as I've told you in text form. Um, I don't. Once they start playing Philly and these strong teams, um, I don't see them making any sort of wind whatsoever in the playoffs. So, I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna talk about what I don't know because I don't watch Giant games unless Christian's home. Mm-hmm. He's watching them because this is what drives me nuts. The Giants and the Jets always wind up playing in the one o'clock hour. Yeah. At the same time. I so know. We're, we're literally in two separate rooms. <laughs> You know, so I'll have funny. Riker, he'll have Harrison, vice versa. You know, we'll switch off at halftime, what, whatever. That's adorable. We, we never – because, look, I will never put on a blue jersey. He's never going to put on a green one. Uh-huh. So, 
even though we both root for New York teams, there is a there, there's not bad blood in the way that like you know Giant fans hate Cowboy fans. Or better example, Giants and Eagles, which is why Adam was not on the show because there would have been actual oh, yeah. fisticuffs that were thrown <laughs> over the air. Yeah, and it, and then that, that goes back to our high school days. <laughs> that would that would happen no matter what. <laughs> so, as far as the Jets, just since we're on the 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 magic P word, I think it's a possibility. I'm not holding my breath because. You know what they say, expect disappointment, and you will never be disappointed. Uh, but there there does seem to be something different about this team. And I have to credit our Vin Diesel-looking head coach. <laughs> I have to credit this defense that might be one of the top three or four in the NFL. And I look at our, you know, baby-faced, dimpled, blue-eyed quarterback and say, all right, we might have something here. Um, you know, he's not a finished product yet, because I think – Guys like Joe Burrow and, you know, Patrick Mahomes that come out of the gate just firing, those are such anomalies. People forget that when you drafted quarterbacks in the first round back in the day, you didn't play them until at least, like, year two or three. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they sat their entire first year. And when you have these young guys going to bad organizations that all the teams in the top, you know, X – you know, Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville, Zach Wilson with the Jets, Justin Fields with the Bears, et cetera, et cetera. It takes more than you to turn a franchise that's that bad around. Um, yeah. And, of course, New York is hypercritical of every quarterback that plays. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter who. I mean, Eli won two Super Bowls, and even he was put through the, the fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, some of it deserved, but. Yeah, but you're also talking about a place that, you know, Aaron Judge will hit, will break Roger Maris's record, and then in the playoffs go for 70 and starts getting booed. You know, it's just yeah. like you – that is just a highly scrutinized – and anyone who um, wants to see that that whole thing up close and personal, watch the Derek Jeter documentary that um, ESPN did. It's phenomenal in illustrating just how fucking scrutinized people in New York really are once they start playing sports in that place. Um, so yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I'm not jealous of anybody. I'm not envious of anybody who goes to New York and has to play a sport that they grew up, you know, loving. And by the end, will probably find it miserable to even go out there. Especially if you go to the Jets. Like that's the, yeah. I would not want that job no matter how much money you paid me. Mm-hmm. Would I want the job to do commentary or do the, the post-game show? Absolutely. If you put a playbook in my head that said go with a Super Bowl, I'd probably go crawl into a hole and cry. Yeah. Uh, because the, the, the media can be tough. But New York football is officially back for the first time in years. So we got a whole other half of the season to go. So before we kind of you know close out because we're coming up on an hour, is there any other shit we haven't talked about that's worth bringing up? Uh, well, do we want to talk about the Sean Watson thing? Uh, no, I want to stay as far away from that as possible. Um, will Adams Eagles go seventeen and zero? Ooh, so I'm going to pull up their schedule, and we'll do sort of a if there's any games that stand out as what you in your mind is a clear cut loss. Because they Cause, really haven't been tested. They've been three three touchdown victories almost every game. But I don't think 
know, they played the Vikings the second, third week, I think. But other than that, I don't know if they've really been tested. Here's here's their their wins. Detroit, who's a dumpster fire, and that game was 38-35. Oh, wow. They beat the Vikings in week two, legitimate win. Beat the Commanders. Uh, division games are always tough. Yeah. But let's be real, Commanders are the fourth place team in that division. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is really good, Cowboys included. Uh, they beat Jacksonville. They beat the Cardinals, who have a quarterback that plays more Call of Duty than studies the playbook. <laughs> I used to have a boss who was from Arizona and was a massive, like she had like the Arizona uh, Cardinals sticker on the back of her truck. I mean, she was a massive Arizona Cardinals fan and, it's, it was funny to see her face when uh, they looked like they were going to win, and they just they never could pull it off. And I think I think Kingsbury is on that fucking hot seat. I think he's getting ready to be ousted because I don't think anybody has any respect for him at this point. No, I think he'll be gone at the end of this year. Yeah, they beat the Cowboys with Cooper Rush, not Dak Prescott. Uh huh. They beat the Steelers, and they beat the Texans. Yeah. Minnesota is their most legitimate win, mm-hmm. and the rest are you got to play who's on your schedule. But here's the, here's the rest of their slate: home against Washington, win. Uh-huh. At Indianapolis, win. Win. Home against the Packers, win. Win. Home against the Titans, maybe. If they can stop Derrick Henry, they'll win the game. Mm-hmm. At Giants, we'll see. At Chicago, win. At Dallas, home against the Saints, home against the Giants. So I think there's no way to go 17-0 just because they got four division games left to play. Yeah. I think that that whole thing where the Giants let go of Bradbury and then the Eagles picked him up. I should say the Eagles picked him up. They didn't let him go, but Eagles snatched him up. I think that's going to come back and bite him in the ass. I, I just think that defense is just too fucking good, man. I don't see – I can't see anybody beating them. I think they get in the playoffs. Now, they might lose in the playoffs. Um, and if they, you know, God forbid they play the AFC winner, I, you know, there's a big chance they could lose that. But I just – I don't see them losing the rest of the season. And, you know, and Adam's not the only one I know who is a massive fan. Like, my uh, girlfriend's nephew is a massive Eagles fan. Like, he has Eagles bedspreads and everything else. And – you know, so I got to hear it from all ends when it comes to that team. And I, I, I'm looking at him, and it's like Jalen Hurts is on a tear right now. I, I just, and uh, you know, AJ Brown was a massive pickup for them. I, I, I just, dude, I just can't see them. They have too many weapons, and I can't see them losing. But you're saying they're, you, get, you're, you're saying you, they could. I think they go 15 and two. Okay. I think they'll split with Dallas and split with the Giants. And at my work, obviously, I work in a casino environment, so a lot of betting going on. And um, one of my employees, he bets – well, he was betting every single week. And every week in the beginning, he would bet against the Jets. And I said, dude, I'm telling you, like, there's something about this team. And he's like, I don't know. And then the Jets lost those couple games, and he was, like, you know, starting to be proven right. And now I, I, I'm telling you, man, I, I said from the beginning um, in my private life, I said, people better watch out for those Jets. And I know you said not to talk about them, but I think they have a legitimate shot of making a lot of noise in those playoffs. I think that if they get in, they'll be the team that nobody wants to play. Yeah, that's a good good point. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they'll win the division. Now, with that said, if Josh Allen is out for a considerable amount of time, 
that opens everything up. Yeah. Like, everyone, Patriots included, will smell blood in the water. Because uh, both the Dolphins and the Jets have victories over Buffalo yeah. already. Um, both of which when Josh Allen was playing, by the way. So, we, we shall see. I don't think it's going to be one of those things where they're out by, you know, Thanksgiving. I think it'll be one of those things where we're still figuring out playoff teams the last week of the season. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to cover. I, I that, You know, between the refereeing and everything else in the sloppy play, um, I think – I think the second half of the season will be much more exciting than the first half. At least I hope so. And, you know, I don't make too much noise on my social media about teams because one thing I've learned, Matt, being a uh, rooter of these teams that I am, is eventually everybody sucks. <laughs> you know? So I'm not going to sit and brag about a team because I know eventually, you know, it's going to come back and – they're going to end up sucking. So I have kind of kept quiet on social media, so I'm glad you gave me this forum to say, God, I hope those Giants are good, but, man, I, <laughs> I still don't know if they're good. We're halfway in the season, Matt, and I still don't know if the Giants are good. <laughs> you are what your record says you are. That's true. You know, you gotta, you got to play who's in front of you. Like, I don't – any given Sunday and all that stuff, so – uh, final question before I let you before we close out and detail what's happening on the site. Uh, yes or no? Did Zach Wilson fuck his mom's best friend? <laughs> I think it's a yes. I don't live in that area because uh, so I'm not really exposed to it that much. But I do listen to Bill Bill Simmons podcast, and uh, he's kind of mentioned it a few times, and <laughs> that's something that. You know what, man? If he did, more power to him. <laughs> you know, Coach Zach. He's obviously scored more in the bedroom than he has uh, out on the field. That's what I'll say for now. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, he played for BYU, so he knows a thing or two about Cougars. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of Cougar hunting, let's talk about what's happening here on the site. Uh, we're in the midst of our Scorsese and DiCaprio retrospective. As I talked about last week, Adam decided after Batman he needed a refresher, which is why we brought Mike Canary in. Mm. So that'll be a – it's a five-film series where that'll take us pretty close to the end of the year, but not quite. Eventually six, by the way. <laughs> Eventually yeah, six. It was, we thought it was going to be six. Yeah. And <laughs> a uh, release roulette with whatever my, distribution company that is. My, my my poor scheduler on the other end of this call is like pulling the rest of his hair out saying, is this ever going to fucking come out? But yeah, that is a five film series. And um, yeah, it, it, these shows are uh, pretty, pretty remarkable. That series turned out to be much more contentious than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, so to let everyone know, we won't be announcing next year's slate until we reconvene and do sort of a recap of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because in the binge days we did sort of a, a, our favorite movies of the year, which would give us a platform to talk about what's coming out next year. Uh, but to give everyone a tease, we do have two other retros to close out the year. I'm not going to say what they are, but I'll say that one of them is tied into something we started at binge and technically is carried over here already. And the other has to do with something that will be at least upon us very soon. Oh, boy. Will it ever. Uh, yeah, and that was one that 
I'm pretty sure, as I said on a previous show, if we hadn't decided to do that, I don't think Adam would have wanted to come with us. Um, yeah, and you know, and one thing I want to say too is, you know, back in the binge days, there were a lot of things going on uh, in my life that kind of helped prevent me from actually editing these shows on a consistent basis. And there would be times when I'd have to release shows two, three times a week, which probably has a lot to do with why we were let go of that site. Uh, but this year, you know, the fact that we have uh, we started our own thing and we've done this from the ground up, um, you know, it's, it's given me a lot of fire. And, you know, I, it, it means a lot to me that I get the, these shows out on time and on Friday so that people can go go to work and listen. And it means a lot to us that people are actually doing that. But it, it, this doing the site with you guys, Matt, it's just it, 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 I've been so and Jen's even seen it. Like she says, like you're more you're most happy when you're recording those things and you're editing those things. It's it's just, it's been a real joy. And you know, eventually, the two of us are gonna start recording our wrestling podcast that has not been forgotten. We are we are in the midst of recording a few of those at this point, and we'll announce that format when we record those shows. Um, but it's just it's something that I, I've I've gotten a lot of joy out of. And you're right, these uh, net last two sets that are going to close out the year, uh, I think one of them, the two of these guys are probably regretting agreeing to, and then the other one is something that I agreed to from the beginning that Adam would have probably killed us if we didn't. It was basically his contract. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, you know, because we want to give everyone, the three of us, sort of equal rope to do. Absolutely. Yeah, stuff that you know is more akin to us, which is why I took the liberty of doing the schedule for, let's just say, more than next year. Um, and, and it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah, that each one of us will sort of be taking the reins on, you know, because Garrett doesn't want to do the summaries for every single thing. Um, not that he always did, because back on the the binge days, I did Bond, I did Potter, uh, Potter, which. I guess we're not getting this next fantastic game <laughs> to close out uh, a conversation that we had to start this website. I have screenshots if people want to know Matt's reaction when that happened. <laughs> when that was announced, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, more to come here on the site. Uh, but thank you all for listening. I'll be back next week with your regularly scheduled bullshit as the Jets go back to Foxborough and hopefully just beat the shit out of the Patriots, because I want blood. <laughs> I want my pound of flesh after all these years. Yeah. Uh, and I will take losing, like, the next two games after that uh, if I get that degree of vindication. So, God, if you're listening, please help me out. Uh, and if you're wondering why we haven't started the wrestling shows, it's because I'm dealing with my own tag team matches uh, here at the house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and me as well. I mean, it's been tough to schedule those things, as we've said, which is why we do a lot of these shows in advance. But, uh, Matt, this was fun. It's good to come on and talk sports ball with you. Let's do it at the end of the year, huh? Yeah, when the Jets are in the Super Bowl. When the Jets, <laughs> Jets, if it's a New York Super Bowl. Oh, my God. <laughs> if that no. happens, I will go to your house early. <laughs> Yeah, you are supposed to be coming out here within the next year or so, but yeah, that would probably be quite a party if we were if that were to happen. Yeah, oh it would God. be the last time you and I spoke to each other, depending on what happened. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, Christian will hang out. It'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. You, 
Well, if it is Jets Giants, he's not coming. He's he's gonna want to go to the game. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I was I gonna will. say I was gonna say I'll hang out with your husband. You hang out with my chick. How's that? <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll have to be, you know, kept in a secret room. <laughs> but close out. Thank you all very much for listening. Be sure to keep up with all of our regular outings here on the site. Review of the Departed drops this upcoming week. So thank you all for listening. And I would say go Jets, but most of you, including the person on this podcast, uh, don't want to hear me say that, so I'll just say thank you and good night. It's your show. You could have said it. I have enough enemies. <laughs> oh, this was fun, man. I can't wait to record these again. Um, so, well, I guess we'll talk tomorrow then, huh? Talk a little king. Yeah, so we're doing... The night, uh, night Shift Collection and um, Cat's Eye. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I got my copy of Night Shift, and I'm happy all the all the short stories are under, like, 20 pages. 